Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about the difference between boundaries and ultimatums. And um, before we do that, because, I mean, I could just not give you the topic sentence and and trust that you will just listen to my 30 seconds and or or you could fast forward it I guess <laughs> and then pick up with the boundaries and ultimatums afterwards but uh, the next one coming up is about female arousal so hopefully you did not fast forward over that that is the next subscriber only episode and you'll like it it will uh, elucidate some of your um, potential uh, sources of confusion still about responsive versus spontaneous desire and desire in women versus men and monogamous women versus non-monogamous, etc. All right, so you will like that. There's not much more I can say that um, will make you subscribe besides to literally tell you it's about female arousal, which will probably make you subscribe. All right, so moving on, boundaries versus ultimatums. Ultimatums get a very bad rap, yet research has shown, interesting research uh, on marriage has shown that when couples get through difficult things, ultimatums are um, uh, not an insignificant portion of the time attributed to why the couple got through. It specifically when men were struggling with substance abuse um, in this article that God knows I'm probably never going to be able to find again, but I do remember it. <laughs> Many men said that a woman saying that she was going to leave got them actually to go to AA or what have you. And I'm sure many people can understand that. You know, you have to hit rock bottom and rock bottom is pretty much your wife saying I'm going to leave you. So then why do ultimatums get such a bad rap? Because they're thought of as manipulative and they really shouldn't be. You know, because they're not any different than boundaries. Boundaries are saying, I need this thing. I am unwilling to move on this thing. And ultimatums are saying, I need this thing. I am unwilling to move on this thing. You see my point? They're the same thing. <laughs> I mean, like boundaries are like really on trend and everything that again, so are ultimatums. I watch a reality show called the ultimatum. Now, if you want to see some insecurely attached couples, man, you got to watch that show. The entire premise of the show, people are dragging in their spouse who didn't want to marry them. I mean, holy shit, right? I mean, like, could you get any more insecurely attached? Possibly not. So, and and uh, couple that with the histrionic personalities of people who want to be on reality TV, and it's, you know, interesting, to put it mildly. So the, the point here is that boundaries are thought of as healthy, ultimatums are thought of as not, yet they're really, truly the same thing. The only regard in which they are not is when they're fake. So a fake ultimatum is manipulative. It's bad. It's a woman saying, if you go and um, to that bachelor party in Vegas, I'm going to leave you. 
And like both of y'all know she's not going to leave you. So it was just like a way of her saying, I am mad, I am anxious, I am scared. But she's saying it in a way that is manipulative. So the guy's probably going to go to Vegas one day earlier and, you know, conflict will ensue. And 10 years later, they'll find themselves in my office with this being a tremendous empathic rupture. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Anyhow, what an ultimatum is, is saying, I'm going to leave unless you do X or you don't do X. That's also a boundary. So who has trouble with boundaries and calls them ultimatums? People who don't want to um, kind of look in at themselves. So... A, people who are people pleasers have trouble with both boundaries and ultimatums. They have trouble with ever saying that they're worth anything at all. So it would be preposterous for them to say, I will leave if X. They're not going to leave anyway because they have terrible self-esteem and they don't value themselves. And this, say it with me, is situated in your family of origin. You should know that. If there's one thing you should leave this podcast knowing... It's been like hundreds of episodes you listen to. If there's one thing you should know, it is just like a dog is trained in its early life. If you had an abused pit bull, right, you, you would be an advocate. You would say, it's not the breed, it's the dog. The dog was hurt by people, right? Well, shit, it's the same thing. Your upbringing trains you to be a certain way. And unfortunately for many people, it's more like the abused pit bull than, than anything else. And that's very sad. But to say that it shouldn't shape you as an adult is nonsensical. Any organism is shaped by its early life experience experiences, at least any mammal is, you know, or probably all, all of them are. So anyway, my, my, my point is this, if it is a boundary, that sounds good, but it is the same as an ultimatum, which sounds bad. People who are people pleasers aren't going to want to do them. And people who don't want to really be intimate are going to hate both of them. So narcissists or people who have um, who are extremely self-absorbed hate when other people set boundaries or ultimatums because they want to do what they want to do. And usually their interactions with other people are some sort of test to prove that the other person loves them sufficiently. And if the person erects a boundary, then the person who is self-absorbed has to conclude that the person loves themselves and respects themselves at least as much as they love the narcissistic person, which does not sit well. So then they try to burrow past boundaries, like some sort of a vole, you know, underground or like whichever way they can and, and push past boundaries or ultimatums, right? And, and that should and does feel upsetting and uncomfortable to the person who's just trying to set a goddamn boundary. <laughs> On the other end of the extreme, though, as I discuss in my podcast, The Cult of Boundaries or Preferences, um is the people who have way too many boundaries because they are avoidant attachment people. So that's another type of person who is really, um, uh, has, has a weird or uh, dysfunctional perspective about boundaries, right? So, so first are people who are people pleasers. They have a dysfunctional view on boundaries because they refuse to set any and they think that if they set any, nobody will love them anymore because basically what they're riding on here as a basic tenet of why they should be loved is that they never have a boundary. Ooh, who, me? I have no boundaries at all. Don't worry about it. I let you do anything. And if that is the uh, sum total of what you believe you have to offer in the world 
as a partner, as a parent, as anybody, then A, you should read my pot, you should listen to my podcast on why, uh, how not to let your kids treat you like garbage. And B, you got to assume that in your early life, and I'm sure you could remember this if you try for a split second, you were never allowed to have any sense of self that you were proud of. You were never allowed privacy. You were never allowed boundaries. If you told your mother not to knock, she had a histrionic shit fit or took your door off the hinges, you know, based on how insane your house was. And, you know, if you seriously think that your um, main worthiness as a person, partner, friend, worker, whatever, is that you will never tell anybody that they can't tell you to do anything without the double negatives, you will do anything. You, you know, those people that are like, well, I know I could outwork anyone. Like, okay, but you know what that always means? It means I will put up with so much shit. There will be a shit pile sitting on top of my head and I will not complain. This is not necessarily potentially the good thing that you think it is. Yeah, there's the people who will genuinely, quote, outwork anybody, but that's not too good either because you need a goddamn break. You're a person. You're not a pack animal. So, you know, just as a side note, you can interrogate that. If you're a person who's predicated your whole life on I can outwork anybody and you're not a terribly happy person, this potentially is why. Perhaps it's not healthy to, quote, outwork anybody, and you should refer back to my posts on being a workhorse or a people pleaser. I have a whole post on people pleasing daughters of covertly narcissistic mothers, which really is going to apply when you're thinking about boundaries and if you think about them in a healthy or unhealthy way. And the other party that is upset by boundaries or um, are narcissists and that's when other people have boundaries. So narcissists can have boundaries up the wazoo but they get very upset when other people have boundaries because that means that they cannot then do anything they want with that person, take any of their time, any of their energy, constantly call them on the phone any hour, ask them to you know give them money, ask them to give them uh, child care, whatever the hell. So people who are self-absorbed hate when other people have boundaries. But then who loves boundaries too much avoid an attachment people they're like here's my boundary I go out with my friends every Friday here's my boundary I keep my own separate bank account here's my boundary I do everything that I want all the time here's my other boundary you're not allowed to say anything about it here's my you know I mean it's like it's like a boundary factory and if there's too many boundaries slash preferences you got to think does this person really want to be in a relationship and God's honest truth is probably not Oh, I thought of another category of people that have way too many boundaries. People with sex issues. People who who are very close-minded about sex. Oral sex is a boundary. Anal sex is a boundary. Sex in a different position is a boundary. Sex when we're looking at each other is a boundary. Sex without, you know, both of us literally like zipping ourselves into hazmat suits is a boundary. So by the time you get done with those boundaries, you're basically, you know, procreating like, you know, I don't know, two robots. And that's too many boundaries. So there could be too many boundaries boundaries, which I call pathological self-reliance, just as there can be too few boundaries. So what does this concord with? Well, if you're an expert listener at this point, you are, you already know it's a pursuer distancer or preoccupied avoidant dynamic. The preoccupied person, they have a desire to merge with a partner and to have no boundaries at all. And the avoidant wants to have everything be a boundary. Because they basically want to be single with somebody to fuck. And that's not a relationship either. 
So it, and, and back to the ultimatum thing, an ultimatum is just like a fancy boundary. It's like a boundary with a top hat. It's like very a dramatic tap dancing boundary. So it's like, if you do X, I will leave. Or if you do X, I will do Y, and Y is a similarly dramatic sort of thing. So it's it's the same people who don't like boundaries, don't like ultimatums, the same people who have, you know, um, too many boundaries, have too many ultimatums, and et cetera, et cetera. When should you use a boundary then? So you don't want to use it too little. You don't want to use it too much. You you got to, I mean, there's no one size fits all answer. I can't be like, well, if you write out 20 boundaries, boundary number 12 is going to be the one that you should preserve and the other ones you should interrogate. No, but I mean, the list is a pretty good idea. You should write out all your boundaries. It would be, it would be really instructive, quite honestly. It would be really transformational if you'd like to have, if you're a homework assignment type of person, you want to get your bang for your buck of this free podcast so it's a pretty good bang for the no buck um you you can write out a list of your boundaries in different domains and if you're writing so much that your hand hurts which it frequently does in the age of typing i can barely even like hold a pen anymore um then you have too many boundaries so like for example my my funny I thought it was funny, hazmat suit thing. Um, if somebody has way, it, it, so if you're writing out your boundaries during sex, you're like, I can't do this, I won't do this. I can't do this, I won't do this, I won't do that. If you got like five, 10 things you won't do that just like flow out of you like magically as soon as you put your pen to the paper, why don't you like think about that? <laughs> like, is this a fun, open-minded way to go about sex? <laughs> you know, it's probable that it's not. Similarly, what are your emotional boundaries? You know, if you can't think of literally any you know like like or 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 even like for, forget about okay well I don't want to forget about it because people will be like what's well, an emotional boundary she never told me and then I died of curiosity um so what an emotional boundary would be is for example um let's say you had a bad day at work right and you come home and you don't want to talk about it right away because it's so fucking upsetting and you got the goddamn children up your ass and you got to make dinner and whatever so you have a frown on your face because you're not a robot and your partner comes over and they're like what's wrong you're like I don't want to talk about it right now I'll tell you later and your partner's like no you gotta tell me right now you gotta tell me right now because this is why we're not close well that's a bunch of bullshit you know you have a frown on now I'm gonna be worried right? So you should be able to keep your emotional boundaries totally healthy to say, listen, I'm upset about something, nothing to do with you. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I'll tell you later. That is an emotional boundary. So you do not have to turn yourself inside out like, uh, you know, like, like, like at the very, at the mercy of the person who is curious about you. You don't have to do that. You could say, I have this boundary up. Now, what's a boundary that's too excessive? Saying, I'm never going to tell you. <laughs> saying, saying, yeah, I'm upset and I don't want to talk about it ever. I never want to talk about it because it's nothing. So that shit is crazy making. So that's how the avoidant person would respond, right? The preoccupied person is the person who's like, ah, I can't believe you would take, you would wait like an hour before telling me now, how am I going to get through dinner? Like that is preoccupied. The avoidant person is like, nothing nothing's wrong what do you mean you always think something's wrong right when they're like frowning like somebody just died so emotional boundaries are um possible also to have you know then there's physical self-care boundaries which are particularly difficult for people who grew up in neglectful homes where there was no self-care so the idea for many people who grew up in dysfunctional homes that they could tell somebody a partner who wants to have a fight that they're going to sleep 
this is like, oh my God. They're like, this is like the best thing I ever told them. They're like, wait, but he wants to talk. I'm like, this thing, he wants to talk until 2 a.m. What, are you going to stay up till 2 a.m.? They're like, well, yes. He, want, he wants to talk. Oh, you didn't hear me. He wants to talk. I don't give a shit if he wants to talk. How are you going to stay up till 2 a.m.? Then at 6 a.m. you're going to get up with your kids. Then you're going to go to work? Is this what you do? And they say, oh, yes, because he wants to talk. I don't like it. But then again, he does want to talk. This is what people say when they've grown up in homes where nobody takes care of them or prioritizes um, their health or uh, their basic needs for sleep, for rest, for privacy, etc. So if you're listening to this, if if you get one thing out of this, you're always allowed to go to sleep. Always. Unless it's like 2 p.m. and you're going to sleep. You're like, fuck you, I'm taking a nap because I don't want to talk about this. Yes, that's crazy. But if it is a, if it is like after 9.30 and you want to go to sleep as a parent, as a human being, you, you're basically allowed to go to sleep. You know what? If it's before 9.30, go to sleep too. You get your kids off to sleep, you're allowed to go to sleep. Now, if you do this every single day and you do not give any alternate time to talk, well, then... And you're avoided. But it, the people that are the ones staying up till 2 a.m. are usually the people that, um, you know, are too much on the other end of the extreme that are not going to all of a sudden be like, fuck you, I'm never going to talk again. So need to do, and this is a thing to do with a therapist, because I cannot, as um, so much as I would love to talk to all of the hundreds of people who are going to listen to this podcast and be like, um, no, uh, this is normal, that's not normal. So this is a reason to get a therapist, um, especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, is to say, what is a normal boundary to set? So, for example, my partner, you know, uh, constantly looks at my phone and tells me I'm cheating, even though I have never cheated ever. Um, but, I mean, that's normal, right? I mean, I got to, like, reassure him that's being a loving partner. No, that's not being a loving partner. So, I don't know what other example, you know, is exactly the one you're thinking about. This is why people need to get their individual therapist, so that if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, you can be like, oh shit this and this is happening you mean that's not normal and that can be very helpful in your life so um and you should set an ultimatum if somebody's doing something that's bad for you very bad for you if somebody's drinking all the time and they won't stop if they're cheating on you and they don't stop if they curse at you and yell at you and they don't stop if they hit you ever if they are stealing from you, if they are doing anything that people would consider amoral, if they're doing any sort of criminal act, um, then you leave. You leave. I know it's easier said than done, but just sometimes people have to hear things a bunch. Maybe this is the second time, third time, hundredth time, first time that you may have heard any of that. Think about it. If somebody's doing something to you that they could get arrested for like assault or that they would get fired for doing like yelling at somebody and berating them, leave. That is when you should be setting your ultimatum and saying, if you don't do this, I will leave. And then you got to leave. An ultimatum is healthy if you really mean you're going to leave. So that means if you tell somebody you're going to get a divorce, it is only healthy if you have thought about getting a divorce and you are willing to get a divorce if XYZ does not change. If you're just throwing it out there as some kind of game playing manipulation, because this is what you saw between your parents growing up, everybody yelling, everybody threatening. I mean, been there and you, 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 it's very, very stressful for children listening to that but unfortunately they also learn how to do it 
And so if you grew up hearing a lot of threats, then that's your go-to when you grow up, is you threaten. You say, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to do that. If you don't do this, I'm going to leave. If you do do this, I'm going to leave. If you do do this, I'm going to do this. (laughs) You know, because you heard it all the time. So that could also be another epiphany from this, is that where did you get your idea of constantly throwing out ultimatums? From your dramatic histrionic childhood, of course. So an ultimatum is only ethical to give if you really stand by delivering it. If you want to say, I'm going to get a divorce if you don't X, you better have looked up at least divorce laws in your state, you know, and be willing to actually go and do it if the person doesn't change. That is an ethical, honest ultimatum, right? And a boundary should be something that is done to protect you while not hurting the other person, right? If they happen to get hurt and it is a real strong boundary, so if it's like their emotions get hurt but you physically are safe, er, then yes, if it's like your emotions versus their emotions, it's a case-by-case situation. So like if they are stopping you from eating your meal because they have to just say one more thing, then your physical health is being compromised because of their emotional health and then you win you know this is just a real quick little way to think about it for people that struggle with it who never understood boundaries but if it's your emotion versus their emotion they want to talk and you don't want to talk then you know I mean flip for it you know coin you know or go to couples counseling right go to couples counseling but remember if they want to keep talking and you have to go to sleep you go to sleep. If they have to keep, if they want to keep talking and you feel sick or you have to go pee and you literally will not go pee because that might upset them, you are in a very dysfunctional situation and you need to go to therapy to figure out how to assert yourself. If you're in a situation where your husband wants a blowjob and you don't like to give blowjobs, well, you know, I mean, like you want something, he doesn't want something. Uh, there's got to be some sort of compromise somewhere. This is not a situation in which your uh, health is going to get damaged, nor is his. So that's the sort of situation where people compromise. So you see my point. If you have individual questions about a boundary versus an ultimatum, why don't you just send it in on a voicemail? People love to listen to podcasts where somebody sends in a voice message. And you could do that on the Anchor app. Say, would this be a boundary or an ultimatum? But, um, you know, that's... That could be fun and exciting, something for you to do, um, and fun and exciting for my listeners. Anyway, hopefully this was useful, um, and possibly even for at least one person made you realize that you were in a crazy situation where you actually do need to set more boundaries, or for another sort of person, that they're setting maybe too many boundaries. And remember, where would that come from? Setting too many boundaries, being pathologically self-reliant, family of origin like everything else so you probably saw a parent that sets too many boundaries and is overly cold overly self-reliant that you never really felt that you could access deeply emotionally and had no vulnerability etc etc so hopefully you got something out of this and i will talk to y'all soon bye-bye